You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today, we'll be discussing the benefits of conventional cementation versus adhesive resin cementation. Our guest is Dr. Thomas Dudney, Clinical Director of the Pacific Aesthetic Continuum Hands-On Programs. In addition to teaching hands-on programs, he has presented workshops and lectures at dental meetings and has authored several articles on aesthetic and restorative dentistry. Dr. Dudney, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Great to be back with you, Phil. If you've missed Dr. Dudney's previous podcasts, um, there are two of them, both of them excellent. One is on the different etching modes, which really you need to understand to give you a foundation for using universal adhesives, which he discusses in a subsequent podcast. And today we're going to be talking about, as I mentioned in my introduction, conventional versus adhesive resin cementation. Can you first define conventional cementation for us and then talk to us about its benefits? Sure, I'd be happy to. And that's that's a really good question. Okay, so I I mean, there will be different people to define it differently, but I like things simple. I like simplicity. Uh, and, and when I talk to other dentists, I want to try to keep it simple for them because I've always appreciated people that could keep it simple for me, easier to understand. So conventional cementation, all that means to me is doesn't matter what kind of cement it is. You don't do anything to the tooth other than clean it. You can clean it or disinfect it, lightly dry it, and you don't do anything to the restoration other than maybe rinse it and dry it. Okay, so you don't, it, it, what it basically means to me in conventional cementation is you have a retentive preparation. Your, your, your crown prep is retentive, meaning it's got, you know, at least four millimeters of axial wall height, and you've got about six to eight degrees of taper. So when you try that crown on, it's kind of hard to get it off, you know, even without cement, it's, it's fitting really well. And all you need is to loot that on with with any type of cement so that is what conventional cementation is to me i don't treat the tooth and i don't treat the restoration so is that more of a looting technique is that exactly okay. that's exactly what it is a looting yeah yes you're correct okay so because a lot of times those words were used interchangeably adhesive and looting agents right. and, and so forth. but you know when i was in dental school we used and probably with you too we used zinc phosphate and that was conventional right. Yeah, conventional cementation at its right. primitive form, although it did right. quite well. These, it worked. Not, these <laughs> restorations stayed in forever. But Yes, um, they did. If you've got a retentive prep, I'm going to tell you right now, almost any, if you've got a, well, let me back up. If you have a retentive prep and a well-fitting restoration, you're going to have success, clinical success, okay, with almost any kind of cement you use. And remember, a lot of the of us older dentists, you know, a lot of those crowns were full gold. So you're going to have really, really good fitting restorations. And and we use zinc phosphate cement very successfully with those. Absolutely. We mixed it on the glass slab, I think. Yep, uh, had to. Yep. Yeah, because of its exothermal setting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you had chilled, to. We chilled had to the keep, glass slab. We yeah, you had to, to take chill. It, out of it had to be a cool glass slab. Otherwise, it would set before you could get the crown in the mouth. Yeah, they, had probably, to, they, they probably know. have that displayed in some dental museum somewhere. Right yeah, and you had to have the exact amount of powder, and it had to be the exact number of drops. Mm -hmm. So you had to really be careful on how you did it. But And then you had to hold it, and it had to, your spatula had to string up a little bit, you know. So, yeah, there was exact. Term. Now it's just so easy. You've got a gun, you just, your assistant just squirts it into the crown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, was, there was a whole technique the auto, to that. The yeah. auto mix syringes have simplified that for us. Yeah, many of the younger dentists out there are listening to us and we're sounding, yeah. we're sounding yeah. ancient. Yeah. We are. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's at least okay. I am. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. There's stuff to be learned from all this. So, 
let's get into the more modern, uh -huh. the modern techniques, right. which we can now move to the word adhesive. Right. Um, what are the benefits of it, of adhesive resin cementation? Okay, so when we talk about adhesive, there there needs to be, for it to bond a tooth, you need some type of resin component. With conventional cementation, just to back up for just a second, there are a lot of different kinds of cements. There, there, are, there are resin cements you can conventionally cement with, and then there are cements that contain no resin in them, okay, just like a zinc phosphate cement uh, for conventional cementation or a, or a uh, glass ionomer cement. You know, so it has no resin component. Now, a resin modified glass ionomer cement does, which can be conventionally cemented. But for adhesive cementation, it, it needs to be a resin cement. That's why we call it adhesive resin cements. And what that means is you're actually bonding the restoration to the tooth. The easiest example of that would be a porcelain veneer. There are times when you would prefer, if you've got a crown and I can conventionally cement, I'd want to because it's simpler and easier. But if you've got a porcelain veneer, the veneer needs to be bonded on because it's a, what we call a non-retentive preparation. So to get the highest bond strengths, we're going to treat the tooth and the restoration. So that means we're going to use some type of uh, adhesive on the tooth. We're going to clean the tooth. If it's a veneer, I want to isolate because I'm going to use a total edge technique. If I'm bonding to enamel, I'm going to use my uh, universal adhesive on the tooth, evaporate the solvent and like cure. At the same time, I'm going to take my veneer, and if it's a glass ceramic, I'm going to clean that glass ceramic, and then I'm going to, I'm going to silenate it, okay? Now, it's usually going to come from the laboratory etched, but with adhesive resin cementation, it's important if it's a glass that that glass be etched. With, it's not the same kind of etch you etch a tooth with. It's called hydrofluoric acid. So hydrofluoric acid in most laboratories will etch glass ceramics before they send them. Now, if you're milling these restorations in your office, it's important to understand the glass that you're using because a uh, lucite reinforced glass like Empress, you would etch differently than you would an Emax or a, a lithium silicate restoration. So we're going to etch these glass, then we're going to uh, silenate it if it's a glass ceramic. And if it's zirconia and we're going to use adhesive cementation, uh, a resin cement, you can't treat it with silane because it has no glass matrix. So zirconia is a uh, total or solid crystalline structure. So the way we bond zirconia is we use uh, what we call ceramic primers to get a bond. So similar to silane, it's just a different, it's a different, uh, it creates a different layer on the tooth, the, these metal primers. I, we mentioned them in an earlier podcast, we talked about Z-Prime Plus by Visco, Monobon Plus by uh, Ivoclar. These are what we call ceramic primers. Is there any risk once the surface, whether it's glass, ceramic or zirconia, once it's treated and ready to be cemented in, is there any risk of contamination during that technique that could cause that process to fail? Yeah, there is a big risk with zirconia, okay? Not so much with glass. In fact, there are people like Nasser Bargi that will tell you that when you get your restor a glass restoration back from the laboratory, you should just go ahead and silenate it right away because the silane can, if you contaminate it during try-in, uh, a glass restoration, you just rinse it off and just go ahead and bond it in. Zirconia is a little bit different, okay? Because zirconia has, phosphate groups have an affinity for, for zirconia. That's why the uh, 10 MDP monomer, monomer, which is an acidic phosphate monomer, has affinity for zirconia. We can get good bonds to zirconia. But there's also saliva contains phospholipids. And these phospholipids in saliva, in saliva will actually bond to zirconia during try-in. So to clean zirconia before you bond it in, 
you would want to use a, some type of dedicated zirconia cleaner. The first one was Ivoclars, and, and they were, it was called Ivoclean. Now, Bisco has recently come out with what they call Zerclean. does the same. They both do the same thing. You paint it on the surface, let it sit on for about 30 seconds, and rinse it off and dry it. Now your zirconia surface is clean, and it's ready to be primed with your zirconia primer. Now, if you don't do that and you're bonding it in, it's going to decrease bond strengths. But if you're cementing it in, most manufacturers say it's not necessary to clean zirconia if you're cementing in because you've got a retentive preparation. If it's a conventional cement, right. so, so it's if not. You're, if, when you say cementing it in, you mean looting right. it in. If you're looting, looting it in, right? right. And okay. that's a that's really the proper terminology. When we talked about conventional cementation, we're really talking about looting the restoration. Right. All you're right. doing is putting the cement in the crown and the crown on the tooth. You mentioned zinc phosphate, zinc polycarboxylate glass ionomers, resin-modified glass ionomers, self-adhesive resin cements. These are all cements that can be used in a looting process. Right, but which cements should not be used with a, a ceramic veneer? With a ceramic veneer, any of those that I just named, if, if, if it's a thin veneer. If, it, if it's a veneer, I'm going to use a, a light cure resin cement. And the reason is, is I can polymerize it through a thin veneer. If it's thick, if it's a glass ceramic and I'm bonding it and I need, and I, and I'm worried that my light may not penetrate and I might not cure the entire cement layer, then I would use what's called a dual cure resin cement. And that has self cure chemistry and light cure chemistry in there. So you can both light cure and self cure with a dual cure cement. So mm -hmm. if it's a little bit thicker, if the restoration is a little thicker and you think your light might not penetrate, then you'd want to use a dual cure cement. But for a thin veneer, for anterior restorations, glass ceramics that are fairly translucent, even if they're a little bit thicker, we, I use light cure uh, resin cement for that. In fact, Bisco has kind of a neat kit, okay? They call it their e-cement kit. It has a single barrel, that's a light cure cement, and it has a dual barrel, that's their, their uh, dual cure cement. So you have in the same kit, you have a light cure and a dual cure. So let's say you're putting a, a, some veneers in, but you're, you've got veneers on the anterior, you'd want your light cure there, but let's say you've got a crown or an onlay on a posterior restoration, like a, a premolar, you'd probably want a dual cure there. But they've got a beautiful light cure cement called Choice 2. Uh, they've got great, Bisco has a great uh, dual cure cement called Dual Link Universal, which I use a lot. It's, and it's uh, easy to place and easy to clean up. And it's a, it's a really good, strong cement. There are a lot of really good light cure and dual cure cements on the market. Uh, one of the interesting cements that's outright that just came out last year, it's a dual cure resin cement but it's also a core buildup material. It's by Kettenbaugh. It's called Vesalis Simcore, C-E-M-C-O-R-E. It's kind of like two products in one, which is kind of neat. You can, you, can loop, you can adhesively bond a restoration because it's a dual cure resin cement, but it also can be used as a, as a core buildup material. So there's a lot of really good dual cure uh, resin cements and light cure resin cements on the market. Yeah, so just out of curiosity, and I'm a retired endodontist, what do you use yeah. for a prefabricated post? That's a great question. There are people that'll tell you. I mean, I, I this kind of is an interesting topic. You know, when you get together with your colleagues and stuff, some people will tell you only use posts that that'll transmit light. So you want to use some type of uh, like a ceramic type material. You know, that that'll transmit light. Some people say metal posts are okay if they're retentive. Some people will tell you that the best posts are the cast posts. 
you know, uh, a cast post and core. Other people will tell you that you can use uh, reinforced fibers like, you know, ribbon fibers or something like that for core buildups. Uh, it just, they run the gamut. And I'm not sure I, I'm knowledgeable enough to tell you. I use different type of posts and I do like the kind, uh, Bisco has a great post that you can put down there and you can actually cure through the post. So I feel like I'm getting a good cure down into the canal. Yeah, they were, so, they were one of the first ones to come out with, with a fiber, I think a carbon fiber post. It's carbon fibers, yeah. I say ceramic, but uh, you, the, the, the right terminology is carbon fiber. You're right. Yeah, I actually invented a post years ago um, called the Integra post that had a flow through head. It was a yep. metal post. It was titanium alloy. But I, right. the key thing to the research behind the posts, and I know we're getting off the topic a little bit, yeah. is, that, is that the post actually behaves best when it's not fit tightly to the walls of the, the post space. Right. That buffering area where the resin cement sits actually increases retention and, and helps distribute the forces better than having the post right against the wall of the canal, which which could increase the, the chance of a fracture, a root yeah. fracture. So, but that's Got a whole it. nother topic. Well, you know, no, a, I, a lot I, of dentists. I, I agree with you on that. And I think it's the, the new techniques we have now with the new adhesives and the new types of cements make what you just said a lot more true. Yeah, and a lot of dentists are getting away from posts, but I think in certain right. instances, there's certainly applications right. for they prefabricated posts. All right. Well, Dr. Dudney, it was fantastic to have you on again. We are going to be doing another podcast with you on bioactive cements. Do they really make a difference? So we're looking forward to that one. And until then, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Phil. It's my pleasure.